0: Welcome to Mysterious Circumstances. I have some special guests on with me today. I have the ladies from Shedding Light Podcast, and I will go ahead and let you ladies introduce yourselves.
1: So I'm Candy, and I had decided to do a podcast over a year ago, and I apologize if you hear my kitten in the background, <laughs> because she won't leave, he won't leave me alone. But um, yeah, I've enjoyed every moment of it, and we wanted to do a cause that was important to us and actually a lot of people with uh, missing persons cold cases and I'll let my good friend Susie explain why we kind of founded this.
2: Hi everybody my name's Susie and uh, yes Candy approached me about uh, just over a year ago um, with the thought uh, we always like to do something creative in our in our private time or our spare time which isn't a lot Candy and I have done a couple projects before together and she approached me with the idea of doing a podcast. And to be quite honest, I had no <laughs> freaking clue what a podcast even was. I went along and went, oh yeah, I really didn't You're know. good
1: at faking it, Susan. <laughs> I am so good at
2: faking it. I've been doing it for years. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, I had no idea. Um, and she explained it to me a little more and I really am the type of person that's more humor based. So it was a little bit different for me but because we have had a personal experience with a missing person quite dear to us it uh i took a second second listen to her and then i did listen to a few cold case uh, crime podcasts true crime podcasts and realized that we could make a difference um we decided to put our own little spin on it and i knew that my sister would beg to be a part of it if i just asked her. so i asked candy what would you think if i asked angela to come along and What'd you think, Angela? What did I think? Well, oh, I'm Angela. <laughs> Hi, guys.
3: Thanks for having us today, Justin. Oh, it's It's, no a, pride. it's, a, it's, it's an
0: honor. <laughs> it's definitely not an honor for you guys. But, <laughs> uh, I'm happy to have you. No, you guys. Sorry to cut you off, but like for my listeners, you got to understand. Like the the reason that they're doing it is for all the right reasons, which is one of I think the one of the thing that escapes true crime podcasting. Now, most people are for downloads. They jump on the, the newest case with the least information because people just don't want to read three articles about it, you know, just for the sake of downloads. And it's like, you guys are not really about that as a, you know, you're, you're covering a case that's important to you. So. Mm-hmm.
1: To and we watch. do a lot of research and we like, we do at least five episodes to bring this person back to life again. And that's what our goal is, to get people, the community talking. The one we just completed, she's been missing for over 24 years, and it's a very, very small town. And we've had the community say they didn't even hear half the stuff for 24 years about what had happened, and they were just left and really not able to talk about it. Now it's just blown up. Everybody's talking about it. We've had some really spectacular leads that we uh, shared with police, and, and hopefully something comes of it.
3: Yeah, well, like Susie said, when she mentioned it to me, I pretty much begged, please, 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 I'll do whatever you want me to do. (laughs) I'll I'll learn to do anything. And because I am, I'm a true crime junkie. I discovered podcasts a few years ago and constantly have my earbuds in my Bluetooth speaker on in the van. Yeah, I was always told as a kid I missed my calling because I have one of those curious minds that just never shuts up. Don't sleep at night until I know the answer to a question. Yep. And if I don't know something, I'll do everything I can to know it and learn it. So now I'm like the IT whiz and I'm not an IT person. <laughs> <laughs> We're getting there. We're getting there.
0: All about that learning curve, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a big curve. It is a very big curve with podcasting. Uh, Before we get into this particular case, what was the first true crime case that got each of you ladies involved? Not so much involved, but interested in true crime from the get-go.
1: Well, this is Candy, and my first true crime was um, Sword and Scale. And I just got addicted, and I think I listened to it twice every every episode.
0: Was there a particular Um, case?
1: uh, No, because everyone just, you know, hits me to the core. It's, it's, there's one with, when it's with kids, I almost want to skip over it because I have kids and yeah, I just can't (laughs) hear that. And then I get frustrated of, you know, people getting off and stuff like that. But I love the spin that Mike does because he's just as pissed off as we are. So I like that he puts that on there like this bothers him. So I feel Hey, he's listening to me. We can have a conversation.
2: Myself, I like I said, I hadn't ever listened to podcasts before. I lead a pretty busy life. Not that there's not time for it. I'm certainly introducing it into my life now. But for me, it was just very personal. So my best friend, since I was five years old, her son went missing in December of 2017. And he was 20 years old at the time. That's really where this is driven from. That's what made me say, yeah, let's do it. Um, we all kind of rallied together around my friend, Angela and Candy, know her very well. She's part of Candy's family now, actually. And uh, it was just terrific trying to find her son. We did everything we could using social media and digging around and becoming our own little sleuths and trying to put it out there to the public for anybody to reach out. Angela had a good idea at the time and reached out to um, another platform called Please Bring Me Home. And uh, they allowed us to redirect traffic to their website, which is uh, basically soliciting anonymous tips from the public. And a tip came in that eventually did lead to finding the remains of our friend's son. So in three short months, not the outcome that we wanted, but it was gut-wrenching and sickening and horrible. And it's like, I get emotional every time. Because to put yourself in the position of... uh, of any parent to have to go through that. It's not fair. And there is somebody out there that knows something. Mm -hmm. And we say not a one and done. Let's just not tell the story and be done with it. Let's freaking put the gas on the gas pedal and press down hard and keep going for months and months and months and stir some shit up and get people talking. And we encourage people to talk to us. We encourage people to reach out and we'll weed through the bullshit. We don't care that we're going to do the work we want to help families. I don't even, there's, there's no glory in it. It's the satisfaction would be to see that family member be able to find their child or their family member and bring them home the way they, they deserve to be not yeah. lost out there somewhere. So okay. I get, I get frustrated and emotional cause that's where it comes from for me.
0: I agree with that. And like everybody always talks about closure and to be honest, when it comes to like a family member, loved one, friend, kid, I really don't think there's any true closure there, there might mm-hmm. be answers.
3: Answers. But, you yeah. know,
0: but at the end of the day, like closure is hard to come by. Mm-hmm. Andrew, what Angela? was
3: yours? Well, I think when I was young, um, 22 years of age, to be exact, <laughs> much younger than I am now, in 1998, <laughs> so there you go, you figured out what year I was born. In 1998, sorry, 88, um, there were two two women that went missing within about a month of each other and they were both like an hour north of me and then not even an hour 45 minutes north 45 minutes south of me same age as me two girls go missing just vanish off the face of the earth and to this day they haven't been found so yeah that really freaks you out when you're the same age and two women go missing and there were all kinds of theories over the years and I do believe that those two ladies are going to be the focus of our next season after the current one we're on. So Lisa Mays and Lois Hanna. Mm
1: -hmm. And Justin?
3: Yes. Yes, ma'am. Can
1: I also plug um, Minds of Madness? That's another (laughs) one of my favorites. They're kind of on the same scale. I just wanted to say that because you're asking about podcasts. Minds of Madness, phenomenal.
0: Love it. Absolutely. And uh, yeah, me and Tyler have been friends for a very, very long time. And He's, he's a, I don't know, just a genuinely good guy. I love him. And he is. He Maybe. is. I, I have
2: think, to say uh, I love his voice. He's got, <laughs> yeah. I never mind. Well, Justin has Carol the same Morgan.
1: voice. He's got this, you know, yeah. soft radio voice. <laughs> <And> his, <laughs> Hello uh, ladies. And
0: it's so funny because people think his voice is like fake and altered. And it's like, no, that's his real voice. Like, he's so it's,
2: dreamy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's like, talk me to sleep, Tyler. Please. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me about murder.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's how sick we are. I've
3: been listening to your podcasts, Dustin. What's that? I said I've been listening to your podcasts. I started the Sweetie project. I did. I did a lot of research into it first before. Uh, I it is an
0: interesting case, but, yeah,
3: but uh, uh, it that's... sounds like you had some genealogy work to do there, huh? Oh
0: man, I'll tell you what. <laughs> there's so many people in that case that have the last same last name. Everybody's knows each other. Everybody's related somehow, and it's like trying to weed through the shit the hardest thing with uh, the Jennings 8 case in Sweetie Ann is is weeding through false information and rumors and facts and that's that's literally the hardest part because there's a lot of rumors and it's like I have to use the word allegedly a lot and right. stuff like that because you know it's not it's not factual so yeah it's mm-hmm. a pretty tough one but those those ladies definitely deserve justice and the way that they were their cases were just kind of thrown under the rug and forgotten about really pisses me off. And mm-hmm. the only reason I, I did that, that did those cases was because a family member reached out and wanted me to do it on MC. And when I started getting into it, I was like, this, this really deserves its own, its own thing, its own attention. So I got my friend uh, who's a journalist in Sweden and we kind of uh, teamed up together and
3: that's th- the name
0: went through that. That's how the name got there. Yeah. Yep. Everybody has uh. <laughs> And I'm like, just listen to the first episode. Once you once you figure out my my partners from Sweden, you know that'll yeah. well good that for a you. little light, right? <laughs> yeah, <it's laughs> nice thanks for the in, plug, in, Justin. In, uh, it's, it's nice <laughs> because uh, in in Sweden, what people don't realize is they have different journalistic laws. So, theory, you know, in in theory, if I wanted to, because my media company is based out of Sweden, as long as it's under the name of my media company. I can record conversations, whether it be in person or on the phone, without the other person's knowledge and use it for journalistic mm. intent.
3: In Canada, it's called a one person, one party consent.
0: And there's actually oh. a couple states yeah. in America. I should rephrase that. I know Arizona, you're allowed to. I'm not sure about some of the, some of the other ones. But being in Indiana, no, we can't. <laughs> like, yeah. you well, we're. Jail. Yes,
3: it's very, sorry, treacherous ground sometimes.
0: Oh, it is. Legalities are very, you got to be careful of slander, defamation, libel. You got to be very, you got to tiptoe pretty carefully sometimes. That's why I use alleged because when I was in contact with the uh, sheriff's office down there in in, uh, Jeff Davis Parish, they were very quick to inform me on this, that, and the other. And I'm like, I didn't say that was factual. I said it was alleged, you know, so right. you can be as mad mm-hmm. as you want. <laughs> it is what it is. That
2: might be one of our new favorite words.
0: Then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's We it.
2: do refer to a lot of rumor-based um and, and theory, not necessarily true. And we and do... That's, that's what I like
0: about you guys. You guys separate fact uh, from theory and, and you let your listeners know that. And I think that's what a lot of uh, podcasts kind of don't do a lot of times. You know, they they state an opinion or, you know, a, a theory or a rumor and they state it like as fact. They don't differentiate between, you know, mm-hmm. between the two. And, yeah, you know, it's kind of troublesome sometimes, so
2: and and we've talked about it obviously a lot between us before you know uh, uh, about our content and should we use this should we use that but like we three girls and moms talk amongst each other all the time and say theory are usually based off of a rumor right a rumor is based off of maybe sometimes a grain of truth we always say it's like the telephone game so if there was something that was started here by the time it got to the hundredth person, I mean, I've seen it happen very, very recently. Somebody passed away and I knew the real story. And by the time I heard it the next day, it completely changed. And I thought, wow, that's how quickly it can happen. Not intentionally, but somehow things get omitted and things get thrown in to maybe make it sound juicier to someone, to the next person. So you always have to trace it back. And, and uh, so we never dismiss anything we're told. And we never uh, sweep anything under the carpet. We try and look at everything. Mind you, some of the crap doesn't get the same amount of attention, but you can't have blinders on basically.
0: Yeah. And I agree. It's like in science, it's that difference between a hypothesis and a theory. You know, Mm -hmm. theories are based on factual information and you kind of go from there. Hypothesis is just like an idea, you know. "Eh, Mm -hmm. You have to prove. Exactly. Exactly. So tell us about this current case for my listeners, because I had never heard of it. I'm familiar with a lot of Canadian cases, not as many mm-hmm. as I probably should be, but tell us about this case and why why it's so interesting.
1: So I grew up in the area where this young girl went missing. And um, it just, I know how small the town is. I know how, when it's a small town, everybody knows your business. They know what's going on. And on a Saturday night, she was walking home from her boyfriend's house, or or, or from her friend's house, I should say, she was with her boyfriend, and she disappeared. And it stunned me because I'm like, this doesn't happen. This This doesn't happen. And it bothered me because the community was so affected by it. But then no one was talking about it. When I decided to do a podcast, I wanted to just light some gasoline under this and get people talking and help out the poor mother. Um, She was a beautiful young girl. She was 15 when she went missing on September 29th in 1996. And it's just a tragedy because it affected, like I said, the whole community. So I'll let Angela tell more of the story, but I was the one who pushed these girls into doing this one, you know, selfishly for myself because I want closure as I do want closure for everybody else that lives there. And they were graciously enough to say, yeah, let's start with there.
3: And like Candy said, it was an absolute tragedy in a small town. When we started doing a little bit of research, it became very fascinating because there had been an earlier murder a few months prior to Melanie's disappearance. And when we looked into that, things just kind of started to spiral and start to make sense that this group, and it'd be very similar to your research into the Anna project, an uncle and two nephews had murdered a drug dealer in the area. And then after Melanie went missing, one of the two nephews went missing and he was murdered by his uncle and brother. And they murdered him because they needed him to stay quiet because he was talking about the earlier murder So, there were all kinds of rumors going around that Melanie hung out with the boy who had been murdered. Those rumors were not true. But there was another young black girl in town. And we should mention that Melanie was black in a very predominantly white, small Northern Ontario town. There was another young black girl in town that looked strikingly similar to Melanie. There was also another young girl 20 minutes north of there who was white but her name was Melanie Etier, and she hung out with the two brothers, the nephews. Anyway, it gets very complicated, (laughs) and there's all kinds of, you know, familial connections, and as we spoke with people and started to learn more and more and more, it's like, wow, it, it would make perfect sense that if they thought Melanie knew something or the other girl that looked like Melanie knew something or the other girl with the same name as Melanie knew something, there were all these connections that could have been, could have been, could have been. And, and they were very valid theories. And we have interviewed a couple of the police detectives that were on the case right from the beginning. They pretty much dismissed that theory but many, many more have come up over, over the years. And, you know, from corrupt cops to bike gangs and, you know, drug related stuff. And we have had, I'll let Susie maybe elaborate on this. um, A lot of the different kinds of people that have reached out to us with (laughs) different stories. So take that one away, Susie.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, I have a little bit of a spiritual side to me. So I, I, like we, I had said earlier, we don't dismiss anything and we do encourage people to reach out to us sometimes to our detriment. Um, sometimes at midnight, one o'clock in the morning, somebody decides to reach out with a cryptic message that will last three hours long. And, you know, we decided one time to entertain somebody because we thought it might lead somewhere. I think most of the people that reach out uh, that are spiritual or maybe so-called mediums have good intentions, but it's, there's very different stories. So we'll have maybe 10 or 12 different mediums have reached out to us and all their stories are completely different. So which way do you go? And unless you have solid evidence, you can't take it to police. So it's just, we take it with a grain of salt too, and just kind of keep your eyes open for anything else that may um, connect a dot to something they've said. But there's just so much information. We've had to compile spreadsheets that we share with OPP. So we're, we're in direct contact with them. Um, That's the police, Justin. Ontario
1: Provincial Police. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Well, no, Sorry, I, I forgot a, who we were talking to. I heard
0: your to. interviews, um, okay. your interview and you guys talking about it on your one episode. And I, I thought that was pretty cool. And that was one of the things that Tyler mentioned as well. So, I mean, there's not too many podcasts that you know, actively try to work with any kind of police department when they're trying, you know, doing a true crime Mm -hmm. case or anything like that. So it's like, it's one of the thing that solidifies the authenticity.
2: Mm -hmm. And that directly comes from the tip that was solicited by basically the, you know, putting it out there to Facebook and, and to public and groups and pages. We had uh developed a page for our friend's son and, and that's where that tip came in. So it it restores your faith in humanity that there, you know, that guy could have taken it to his grave. He could have remained quiet for whatever reason. That's the, that's the platform he chose to give his tip. He didn't call crime stoppers. He didn't call the police. That's where his tip came in. And it led to his finding him. It led to some sort of closure. And you think, you know, if we put that out there to the public and you engage enough people that we're pretty approachable. We're pretty easy going. We're pretty easy to get along with. I don't think we're threatening in any way. Um, and if you don't want your name to be shared, we don't share it. We, we, you know, we've been able to encourage a few people to share their names and write statements that otherwise had absolutely zero intention of ever going to the police with anything. They have just felt that we're comfortable enough to reach out to at midnight. <laughs> <Yeah>. So, <laughs>
1: And so we entertain them <laughs>
0: to yeah. reach out to people like us. Cause I've, I've had a lot of tips come in too from like family members and locals and stuff like that. But when it comes to people talking on record, they're absolutely terrified. They won't do it.
2: Yeah, it is scary. It's very scary. And that's we, why a lot of these go so unsolved for so, so many years that people are terrified and you can't
3: blame them. We've done some voice distortion with one of our interviews
0: no. See, mm-hmm. you're t- more tech savvy than you thought you were.
3: <laughs> Candy's son had to do that. Yes. Before.
1: <laughs> we should have kept that. <laughs> yeah, we shouldn't have said it. Yes, we are very tech savvy. <laughs> I was almost crying. I was almost
2: crying this morning because I had everything all set up. I thought I did. And then of course there's something that goes wrong every single time. I'm like, Oh my God, (laughs) literally like bawling. I need wine. (laughs) Yeah, actually I was going to have
1: have a glass of wine before I did this.
0: (laughs) So tell us about the, uh, the other case you, you feature on.
2: So then the next one, which we're currently doing research for still, we should have, uh, our first episode out by the end of the month is on a young man named Luc Jolly de Roger. He was, uh, he went missing March 4th, well technically March 5th, it was after midnight, in uh, 2011 from North Bay, Ontario. So um, I'm very familiar with North Bay and have seen his billboards and posters and have actually met his father um, a couple of years ago. And at the time that I met his father, my friend's son had, had already been recovered. And I just, I couldn't, that's the one that stuck with me. I thought this poor man, I know what he's going through. Oh my God, how is he, how does he function? How does he go on every single day? And so we had a lengthy conversation and little did I know that a few years later we'd be doing a podcast. So one of the things we like to do is just not research and do podcasts. We like to get the blessing from the actual family because if you, I think it's really important because that's who we're doing it for. We're not doing it for really the public. (laughs) We are, but we aren't. We're doing it for the family. So it's really, really important that we have their blessing and that they're on board and they get to know us and they're comfortable with us. And we've never put anything on there that's going to disrespect them or any of their family members in any way. So Luke was near and dear to my heart and we just, we just want to help. And it, The city is fifty-two or 53,000 people, and I think everybody's behind us, and they can't wait for it to come out, and I I think we're going to get a lot of um, traction, for sure.
0: That's awesome. That's one of the things I struggled with, too. I can relate because I've had uh, family members of Jennings 8 victims that have basically said that I'm in it for money. I don't know what money they're fucking talking about, <laughs> yeah, you exactly, know, or fame or something. And it's like, listen, I I've been in a, established for like four and a half years. If I wanted to just pump this episode out put a bunch of advertisements and sponsorships in it, make some, make some money, I would have done it on MC. It's like, I don't make shit off Anna. It's like the only reason I'm doing it is because a different family member was like, Hey man, really like, please do this. And for the most part, I've had family members reach out and locals that, that thank me for it for bringing attention to it. Uh, but for some odd reason, there's the, that small group of random family members that are like he's in it just for the money he doesn't care and it's like you know you couldn't be more wrong but you keep thinking what you want i'm gonna keep doing what i'm doing you know
2: yeah they'll always be skeptics and we had luke's dad ask us i think three times now every time i talk to him he's 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 very heartfelt and it's not like he doesn't believe us but I, i don't know if he forgets he's asked us the question but he says Susie I have to ask he's like, why why do you ladies want to do this for us you don't even know our family and he's just so sweet and it's like uh because we want to help like that's yeah. the simple answer that I have a full-time job which I'm supposed to be doing right now Same. <laughs> but I mean yeah like we're and it's on our spare time and it, it, it fuels us because we do want to help we want an answer we don't just want entertainment we actually want to find an answer
1: and I couldn't imagine what the parents go through, especially after 24 years, 10 years. And what happens is it slows down for them. People stop talking because they've moved on and, it, and it's not that they want to, but then all of a sudden there's these girls, these mothers and we're mothers. And that's why we thought, geez, if something happened to my son, my daughter, I would never stop talking. I would still be banging on every door. And uh, we just thought, you know what, let's do it, it for them. Let's do it for them. We'll get people talking. We did get that tip not through uh, the police or anything, but through social media, and it does work. so let's give it a try because what's the harm? If anything, we're bringing the case back to light and and that's what we've done in a few of these cases, and it just makes us feel really good it It's you know we're older now, we just we're not worried about the money. it's more about you know doing something that makes you feel very makes a difference.
0: makes a it, difference. Yeah, exactly. Like and that's the reward. It's a, not a monitor. One person will hear that episode and just be like, Oh man, I remember that, you know, or there's like, you guys had those tips coming in and stuff like that. I don't know. That's just what people don't get. I've had family members reach out and just be like, why are you even doing this? There's no point. And it's like, Hey, just because like you gave up, doesn't mean I'm going to, you know, and good for you. It, it's kind of hard saying that just because, when when you realize there's a situation of eight missing people and literally there's family members that are have given up because mm. they realize it's not going to go anywhere nothing's ever going to happen it that's kind of fucked up you know yeah. it's, sad. And it's not really like saying anything bad about them they literally have no hope left and it's just like fuck man
3: we so we sad. try and turn it on the listeners and say put yourself in this parent's shoes. Imagine if it was your child. Imagine, imagine walking around in your tight-knit little community where once upon a time you trusted everybody and now every single person you pass by, you think, did they know something? Did they do it? Like, just imagine how that just eats you up inside from the inside out. And and how can those poor parents go on even functioning?
2: Well, I know- father said i asked him that i said something, something to the effect of you know we when we were interviewing him how has it affected your family and he said Susie there's no script i can't even he said i may look like the strong one or i may sound like the strong one but he said i'm not he said i'm not and he said but i'm luke's voice and i can't give up because if i give up he has no voice and that's that's really what we we're trying to help be somebody else's voice because they must get so exhausted they must get so tired and feel like you know, there's no hope and nobody's helping me. He had mentioned something else about the first time he read an article about his son in the newspaper, like within a week of him missing, that it wasn't even on the front page. It was on the second page and it was Mm -hmm. a little ID picture that was so small. And he said it was fucking heartbreaking because on the front page was something about uh, the date you have to move your ice hut off the lake. And he said, I felt so alone. Like I felt like nobody was going to help me find my son. And it's uh
0: kills me, man. Kills Especially me. in a in a community with that small of a population, mm-hmm. you know, because of the Jennings Eight. It's a population of ten thousand people. You know, yeah. eight women got murdered, and all of them are unsolved. And that was within like four years. And it's, it's that's like, crazy. So what? It's like no, something's not fucking right here, and something's
1: no It's absolutely.
0: Just... So, what uh are have you guys started looking into any future episode or? future seasons and episodes past Luke.
1: Yeah. Well, I think um, Angela's next. Yeah. She's yeah. Picking something. Right.
3: Well, and then, and, and we've talked about two different cases. Well, both of them involve two women. So I, I, I really think the next one, because it's in my neck of the woods will be focused on, it'll be two short seasons, Lisa Mays and Lois Hanna, the two women that went missing in 1988. Um, And like I said, you know, within 45 minutes of home in either direction. And we do, besides just pod the podcasts, we're doing a lot of social media blitzes. And yeah. that is very, very encouraging. Like we put one together. I've become an Instagram, well, I'm not real good yet, but I'm learning. And graphics, I've taught myself to do some graphics. So we put an ad out for uh, Luke's upcoming case and shared it on Instagram and Facebook and multiple photos and a story background. And it's had almost 60,000 shares or not shares. Sorry. It's been viewed a thousand times. Yeah. And the, the two days following that, I think, and you might laugh at our numbers, Justin, but on Tuesday and Wednesday this week, or monday and tuesday whatever we had 500 downloads 500 plus downloads each of those days so over the course of two days we had a thousand downloads that's across all of our episodes but we were we were pretty impressed with that
0: i would never i would never laugh at anybody's numbers because we all got to start somewhere you know yeah Yeah. (laughs) shit man when i released my first like two three episodes I was on there every twenty minutes, seeing if somebody. Oh God! I can listen to it, man. I'm like, how yeah. People listen. Oh man, two more people. Shit.
2: Yeah, mm-hmm. I think our reason for you know wanting to expand our listenership, which is why we were so thrilled that you were actually going to speak with us, and that Tyler spoke with us, is because the more listeners. The, because not everybody's a yes. podcaster, right? Like myself, yeah. I never knew what one was. So if we get more listeners and then they spread the word and they spread the word, because uh, we plan to be all over Canada. We're starting in our own kind of stomping grounds at first, but we do plan to expand. I think it's really important. Obviously, the more listeners we have, the better chance we have at finding the missing. Yeah, and no, I think definitely. it's important for a future uh, season. There's a lot of, uh, there's a couple in my mind that I want to do. I know in the North Bay area, we've had several people contact us about missing family members from the old psychiatric hospital that's now been torn down. Those people Mm -hmm. went missing and that's it. And there's hardly any, any information out there on them. So it might be a tougher one to investigate. That's where we'll have to rely on the family members, but they're the ones that have approached us. So I think that'll be kind of like a two, three-person kind of season mixed together. No cover-up
3: hot going on there. Uh, yeah. Yeah,
2: exactly, right? And yeah, a lot of- Totally legit. <laughs> a lot of Indigenous missing persons from around our area too. So those are going to be two main focuses, I think, in the future after Luke and after the ones from uh, Angela's Neck of the Woods. Um
3: there, there was there were a couple of young girls I was considering they met they went missing from Quebec. They were sixteen years old, two indigenous girls, but one of them grew up here in Ontario and went to the public school that Susie and I went to. She graduated from there because we have um a huge indigenous population yeah, here. Sure. Um, but I was considering doing her Story, but her story 's been covered in a couple of different podcasts so i 'm wondering if your friend maybe did one and I know CBC has covered her story as well oh, this, that's, that's these big. two these two young girls, yeah, Susie touched on it earlier, and I just wanted to do a little plug there because yeah. I know so many Canadian podcasters. And CBC, I shouldn't say the word guilty, but I will, is guilty of this. Like they, Someone Knows Something is one of my favorite true crime mm. podcasts, yeah. but they've been doing American stories. And it's like, yeah. hello. <laughs> and I don't know if it's to bump up their listenership, but it's, we're focusing just on yeah. Canada. And, and hopefully yeah. American listeners, our neighbors to the south, find us interesting enough that they can listen i don't think it really matters where someone is from
0: like that's my whole thing is is it doesn't matter where you're from you know what i mean it's it's the same uh
3: two degrees of separation
0: exactly and i'm i'm one of those people like i have the ability to bounce around in different genres because i cover a lot of different uh, topics and different genres and stuff but when i get into true crime i'm always pretty pretty serious about it i'm not one of Mm -hmm you know comedy true crime podcasts laughing like, laughing i just i don't know i can't really do that if it's if it's like a funny robbery you know or something like that's that. that's different yeah that's a little bit different but yeah when it comes to actual crime it's it's hard to find any humor in that i guess for me personally
3: we have oh, a little yeah. comedic relief once in a while, and we explain that to our listeners that we have to, we have to, or we'll just blow a gasket because oh, for sure. we're very emotional about it.
0: Well, at the, well our- I think it was the end of your, uh, I think, second episode. It was nice hearing you guys for, I don't know, it's probably about a good half an hour, just going back and forth with different ideas and different theories and just like openly talking about it. I thought yes. that was pretty interesting. I liked how you did that because... You you told the story factually, and then at the end, that's when you're like, okay, we're just going to talk about this now amongst ourselves. And I really honestly enjoyed that because it was nice seeing, you know, the facts based by what you guys are actually thinking, you know, and openly talking about it.
1: Thanks. And we're trying to be respectful to some people too. That's why we're not mentioning, we did mention one name, but her mother had asked us because she's looking for her. hmm but we decided we're not going to mention names because we don't want anybody because we've seen it blow up on social media where people are putting name out there, names out there. And, and they, it's like a witch hunt to this person and they don't have the facts. It's just something crazy. So we thought we don't even want to be part of that. We want to keep it kind of professional and not be part of that kind (laughs) of professional. Like we still want to, be ourselves, but we just don't want to hurt anybody's feelings or get anybody um, upset. We're, we're just trying to tell the truth. And I said, as moms, we usually can tell if someone's bullshitting. Like I can tell my son, usually sometimes every time he talks to me, there's bullshit coming (laughs) out. So, you know, we're pretty good on picking up on that. So we're just trying to be as natural as possible. And hopefully people find that somewhat entertaining and educational and 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 if they can help in any way, because it doesn't mean because you're from the United States that you don't, you know, go to these places in Canada. You oh, yeah. might, and you may have been there because we did hear with Melanie's case, there were hunters from the United States. American the, hunters. Yes, yeah. in the bar that night. So they may have heard or seen something. Who knows? It can be anyone to give us the right information or tidbit, as we oh, call yeah. it. <laughs>
0: And that's the big thing that people don't realize is that you have people reaching out to you. And that's one thing that, you know, even if it's a family member wanting you to cover their family member's case, that's that's a big step that you guys have jumped that hurdle. And, you know, that's few and far between with, with podcasts because sometimes you reach out to a podcast, they don't answer back, you know, they don't care. It's like, nah, we're going to cover this case that just happened two days ago with no information, work on just rumors because we want the downloads and that's what people want to hear about. But, mm -hmm. uh, you know, the fact that you do have people reaching out to you, I think is super, super important.
1: And we're not threatening. Actually, the best one was uh, Susie called uh, this gentleman that was (laughs) involved in Melanie's case. He was with her the night that she disappeared And we just called, she called him at work and, and caught him off guard. And he talked to us and normally probably would never have done that, but she has some big cojones to get in there and just call (laughs) him like, Hey, (laughs) and he didn't feel threatened. And he, and he opened up to us. So, and they work in the same
3: industry. And so uh, it's like, Oh, do you know? So-and-so I know. So-and-so do you know? So-and-so and And yeah. Gift a gab this one.
2: Yeah. And I, I just think it's important because a lot of it, we'd be afraid. I'm sure if I knew something, um, if I was a, a, if I knew something that was going to affect my life or my children, or I could possibly, you know, some, I could be the next target. Uh, that would never happen. But what if I was in that position, maybe I would be afraid to talk to the police or crime stoppers. And you just want to get the information to somebody that you, Trust will do something with it. And that's what we're finding. People are saying, well, I thought we'd give it to you girls. And we're like, did you go to police? No. Okay. (laughs) Okay. We've had people
3: share some pretty intense stuff. And from listening to the podcast and all the stuff that we present, it's like, oh, because you said this in the podcast, I never, ever put two and two together. But I think that this thing that I heard years ago is referring to so and so, and it's interesting because they never would have made that connection if they hadn't listened. So, yeah. a lot of people reach out and share.
0: Were you surprised at law enforcement's willingness to talk about and work with you guys?
1: Well, <laughs> we give them information; they sure shit and don't give us any information.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, that's exactly how it works. But it's, I think- it's hard to get them on get them on a podcast or even openly talk about it. You know, outside of. You know their office or precinct or whatever so were you guys pretty surprised or
1: i think we
2: we thought we got pretty lucky for them to even want to discuss like we were pretty excited about those two interviews with the the head of the Retir- opp what is he the it's superintendent and uh nx ex um detective Retir- yeah yeah retired so yeah we were pretty excited about them being a part of it and it's kind of helping with their future ones because um in luke's case i i know there's a personal connection i do know the officer that's heading personal is that susie i mean we know i know him Uh, he used to be a neighbor of mine years ago he was very willing he was willing to speak off the record on the record he's got a list of questions that I sent him via email last week that he said when he gets to them, he's not ignoring us, he's just busy, and and he will do an actual interview. Then he wanted to know who we'd interviewed on the Etchie cases in terms of law enforcement, and I told him, and he said, very good. He said, well, that's good to know. So I think it's only going to help us going forward. Oh, in your last up podcast, you last season, you spoke to the, oh, okay. So it's. It, I think it's they a respect we, we yeah. respect yeah. boundaries, and we're not going to ever – You know, they're going to probably tell us if we've, we were asked in one particular situation, we said, here you go. Here's a bunch of information we've gleaned. Don't know what you want to do with it. Here's who it came from. Here's anonymous. This is the tip. Then we were asked specifically not to mention a certain tip and a certain person's name on our podcast. So in our minds, we're like, that means something, but we respected it. Of course, we're not going to hinder an investigation. Definitely. And we're only trying to help get across the finish line. Everybody, if everybody works together. And we mm-hmm. use that term a lot. It's not who gets across the finish line first. It's getting there together, drag your buddy along or push the person over. You know, that's the hobbling along. You we've got to work together. It's the only way it's going to happen.
1: We mm-hmm. stipulate to our listeners that um, we're not solving the case we're just trying to find the missing so we're not going to we're not the police we're not going to arrest you we're not we just want to find the person so the family can have like you said if there's closure and there may not be closure but have an answer
0: so before we wrap up and you get to tell everybody how to get a hold of you and how to listen to your show i got to ask a halfway fun question if there was <laughs> sure. one famous case that you could have solved what would it be and why oh, that's a
1: great question Tough. One. shoot it is very <laughs> well, how, tough how famous does it have to
3: be
0: as as famous as you want it to be
1: um, i think you caught me off guard totally good, well good. i you know the one i really i'm passionate about right now is is a melanie at case because we've you know at the last recording we all cried because you know, you just feel like you're letting the family down and you just, it, we're, we're into it. Like our hearts are right into that case. And, and it's like Melanie's our daughter. So that one is stuck with me until she comes home.
0: No, yeah. Fair answer.
1: Yeah. And I think we can probably
3: the
2: three of us agree on that. Yeah. I have to say that too. I've not really followed too many cases where my heart's been into it like this. And like Candy said, we had to, we had to edit so much. And we just couldn't get through it. We were like, it was emotional. It was emotional. Ex- like, here's the ending. We're undoing the wrap up episode and we're all bawling. And I'm like, okay, hey, I can't fucking do this. <laughs> Gotta start over again. And then we just felt like we were shutting the door on her. But we're not. I mean, yeah, we're still yeah. we're still trying in the background. We're still receiving information and we're trying to work with police still. But it was just like, we, we felt like, okay, hey, now we took the gas off the pedal. Have we let the family down? Have we let her down? But I think that the... It's, it's been a whirlwind and I think it's the momentum that it that the podcast created is still rolling so I feel like we we did a good thing yes. we may not have uh, it may not be an instant um, answer but i I think I speak for all of us when we feel like they're probably closer than ever and mm-hmm. they have many more leads to go on that they wouldn't have had and and I feel like the town now has that fire under their butts and they aren't stopping so right. i I I feel like it's close. And I, that is, that's the one nearest to my heart too.
3: It's a, it's a complete and utter mystery. And she literally vanished into thin air. There's no crime scene. They don't know at what point Melanie got picked up. There are no witnesses. There are multiple, multiple theories out there that are all mm. so very different. So I think because we have invested so much into this case and we know all the possibilities it's a waiting game to find out if the police or the public are going to come forward with anything and solve it. And we know so much, but we don't know the answer. So it's that anticipation of who the hell did it and why.
0: Well, I tell you what, like one thing I think would help you guys feel a little bit, it's, it's a comforting feeling to know that like once you put it on the airwaves, it's going to be there and it's not going to go anywhere. You know, you can always come back and do an update,
2: you know, yeah, and we will. Happen. I but, think that's where having three of us on a team, we complement each other in many different areas. So yeah. when somebody's slack and we pick up or if we have a family, you know, we've had some family emergencies and things come up and we just have to kind of go with the flow and being that there's three of us, it's, it's easier to kind of cover off for each other and, yeah. And first and foremost, family's the most important. So if we have to wait of course, yeah. to do a podcast, we'll wait. Yeah,
3: There are a couple of podcasts out there. I think one's called The Fifth Floor, but I think one's New York City and one might be Chicago. And they're actually police departments that are doing cold case podcasts. That's awesome. Yeah. So I started listening to those and, and that's a really good intro. When we're talking to the police, it's like you realize that actual police departments are using a podcast platform to bring new life into cold cases. And Oh, really? It's like, yeah, but we'll do it for you.
0: (laughs) Either You do it or I'm going to, I don't want to make anybody look bad. So, (laughs) so ladies tell everybody where they can find your podcast and social media.
1: Angela, you are a professional at this. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
3: (laughs) Well, currently, um, all of our podcasts can be found at sheddinglight.buzzsprout.com. Our email address is sheddinglightpodcast at gmail.com. And we have a hotline number. Mm -hmm. 437-374-3030. Uh, that probably, uh, that might work across the U S as well. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of those, you know, fake burner numbers that's on a, it's an app. Yeah. But we have to tell you. Oh, oh, and we're on Facebook and Instagram.
0: When I do post this episode, I will post, um, information in the show notes and, uh, on social media, I will, I will tag them. So if, if you're a regular listener to MC and want to check them out, I will have all these links available.
2: Awesome, Justin. So we'll just tell you the funny story. Let's hear it. So uh, we're tired. eh? I had a rough day yesterday. I get it. (laughs) Uh, Kind (laughs) of sitting on the couch and my phone's going off, and I have my own clients that will call on my phone sometimes, and my friend's actually uh, very ill right now, so I wasn't really paying attention to the number, and I just grabbed it. Mm -hmm. Hello, hello, and I can hear somebody, but they're not talking, and I'm like oh shit it's the burner number so then I just said hello one more time and then nothing so I let it go and then I'm texting the girls it's later I'm like hey somebody's trying to call the number they obviously don't want to talk to us they want to leave a message so if it rings again don't answer it (laughs) (laughs)
1: well so then I'm doing the kitty letter upstairs and I have a a seven-year-old and my phone's ringing and he answers it hi Oh, yes, this is shedding light. <laughs> my mom's just cleaning the kitty litter. I'll get it for you. And I think the person was going to leave a message, but they were so caught off guard that they ended up talking to me. <laughs> and we got some information, but I was like, she's like, what? what's going on? I'm like, eh, that's my son.
0: <laughs> well, that's Poor the best part you're bringing in the second generation. Just that's early, right. Man.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, so I funny. said, I'd have to pay him. I'll have to pay him in gift cards or something like that.
0: Yeah, PlayStation cards, probably. Right.
1: <laughs> yeah, you're absolutely right. <laughs> well, Justin, we have, you know what you are so easy to talk to and we appreciate you. And I'm going to be like downloading all your
0: episodes now. Yeah, I'll do that uh, now too. I'll, I'll, I'll choose why already have some of them are shit. You know, I'll be the first one to say. <laughs> some of them are shit, you know, like I said, I, I bounce around different genres. So, um, there are a lot of unsolved cases on there, but like, like you ladies, you know, my first 30 or 40 episodes, there's the, the learning curve with the audio and editing. So just be, uh, be conscious of that before you give me a one-star review. No, you took your
1: time out to talk to three, uh old ladies.
0: <laughs> uh, a whole stuff. No. No, well, I they're like all. I don't mind. Honestly, I love talking about this stuff and I love hearing about cases that I am not personally familiar with, which is why sure. I got into your podcast when Tyler suggested it. I was like, man, I was like, this case is pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I liked how you did the format. You know, you told the story and then at the end, you guys had your open dialogue. And I thought that was you don't see that very often usually the open dialogue is cluttered in with all the facts and it's like no 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 no. <laughs> like i need the factual timeline information that's right later yeah. and that's i thought that was really good because that's that's how i am with a lot so
2: it's easier to keep it straight that way
0: right? exactly now i'm glad yeah. you ladies came on on such short notice and um, it was a pleasure talking to you. It was easy to talk to you guys too. So.
1: Oh, good. Good. There,
0: and Angela, you're going to get, uh, an email for me and I'll send you a whole bunch of case suggestions and we can, we can pick one and go from there.
1: Cool. She'd love be it. Yeah, <laughs> be good. You don't know what you're getting into Justin. Oh my <laughs> Lord.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> He's going to be like questions and yeah. I'll we love her crazy God.
0: shit too we'll be like, okay. we call
1: her the, the owl she's always like who who what who, who? What? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <why>? <laughs> True. yeah she should have been a detective you should have been an investigator
3: well i still might it's get my private easy. investigator's license you never know yeah, it's never yeah but you can't
1: late. leave us no no no
3: <laughs> just yeah we're <laughs> learning all kinds of different avenues of how to glean information and yeah we've got some good support people helping us out
0: that's what's yes, we do. And the fact that uh, the community and like I said, even law enforcement is willing to talk with you. That's a very huge important step and you guys hit it early. So I think that's a really good thing for you.
3: I don't think we come across as much of a threat to anybody.
0: I'll be perfectly honest. Not really. No. <laughs> <laughs>
1: we'll, we'll take time. that as flattery. Okay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you all look like super sweet housewives. Aw oh, thank <laughs> Or right. We're, We're matured. Right.
2: Guess I'm who's 40, the oldest? Justin, yet. guess who's the oldest?
0: Um that's no, that's a mean question. A I know. Because I to say something and somebody's gonna get pissed, and then you're gonna hate Angela's
2: me. Angela's my bigger sister, and then not and then you're Candy's two years 50. older than me. Candy's two years younger or three. Yes. Two years I younger. am
1: I'll be fifty in in September. Nice. next september turned
0: 40 in two weeks
1: oh i remember terrifying. 40 you a
3: halloween baby
0: well a few days after halloween actually but my uh my older son's a halloween baby
1: so, oh that's uh, crazy
0: 12, yeah
1: mm-hmm. oh wow
0: he got lucky on that one yeah
1: yeah <laughs> oh yeah that's a great party my oh, yeah, god
0: it is well, ladies, thank you so much for joining Thanks, me. Thanks, Justin. I'm going to let you go. And um,
1: yeah, we, we appreciate, appreciate you. very much. Thank, <laughs> thank you so much. Oh, no
0: problem at all. Peace I out, Thank you. Happy. Yeah.
1: Take care, Justin. Yeah,
0: you guys take care, too. It was good okay.
1: Take care. Bye. 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 Bye.